The focus of our meditation this morning are the words recorded for us in the Gospel of St. Luke. Reading from the first chapter, it's the account of uh, the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Who keeps their word these days? Seems to be when you hear someone say, yes, this is what I'm going to do, or I I give you my word, it might be 50-50 as to whether or not they actually follow through. It, It seems as though people will tell you what you want to hear, or at least say what they think you want to hear, Maybe to just get you off their back, maybe for any number of other reasons, but whether or not they actually follow through on what they said, maybe, maybe not. It might depend on how convenient it is for them to follow through on what they've said. It might be dependent on whether or not what they said they were going to do was was hard, or whether or not it fits in their schedule. Who keeps their word these days anyways. As I thought about it, I thought about me as a parent, and maybe you've had the same experience as a parent. We might be the worst at it, because our, our, our children will bring home things that are, are important to them, and we marvel at, at the art that they've been able to do, and we, we tell them all the things we will do for them, or the, the artwork that we're going to keep. And then as soon as they turn the other way, We put it in a place where we won't ever have to look at it again. Well, we might hang it up for a little while. But to keep it as long as we told them we were going to keep it? Well, maybe we didn't exactly keep our our word to our kids. As I was thinking about that this week, I came across the story. Now, I warn you, I, I read it on the internet, so it might be true. It, it might not be, but it was a good story. So it was, it was told of a, a fighter pilot and his family. He had a young, young daughter who was just learning to write, and she had written on a piece of paper, I love you, daddy, and had given it to her father. 
And her dad said, oh, this, like any father would, this is wonderful. This is, this is so great. I'm going I'm to fold it up and I will keep with this with me forever. And the, his daughter was rather surprised by this. Forever? And he, yeah. And as those things do, they, they tend to be forgotten. The child continued to grow older. The father continued with his stuff and was actually sent off to war, shot down, and, and died. And so the, the daughter recounted the day that the, the soldiers came to their house and, and told their family that, that dad had, had died. And then said it was several months later when soldiers again came to the front door, this time with a, a small box of all his personal belongings or what was left. And so they sat down at the kitchen table and they, they went through it and there was his, his watch, his dog tags, his wedding band. And as they went through his wallet, there tucked in the very back was a piece of paper that had yellowed and was weathered and it looked as though it had been opened a lot of times and it said, I love you, Daddy. Right? A touching story because it's neat because you, you get to see a father who keeps his word, right? And perhaps that's why it is so touching, whether it's in movies or in real life, when someone says something and they follow through, it means something to us, perhaps because it's so rare. And yet it, it still hurts when people don't. Right? And when people don't keep their word, we often end up listening to a litany of excuses about why they didn't do it. Or perhaps we catch ourselves rationalizing and giving others the reasons why we didn't do what we said we were going to. I think it's also what makes this account from the Gospel of St. Luke so refreshing. Because you have an angel coming to a young woman and giving her news that would not only probably be rather surprising to her, but soon after that message was delivered to Mary, Mary would be accused of being unfaithful, of not keeping her word. That angel Gabriel comes to her and says, you are going to have a child, and it's not just going to be any child, but it's the Son of the Most High. You, or through you, God is going to keep his word and fulfill promises that he has made to his people for thousands of years. The child that you are going to, to have in your womb and give birth to and raise isn't going to be any ordinary child, but it is going to be the Savior. The Christ, the one, the Messiah, the one that God has promised. And he's going to be perfect because he's also at the same time true man. He's also true God. And you can understand Mary's, well, confusion, right? How is this going to work? I'm a virgin. I'm Mary. I'm, I'm, I'm not anybody special. And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, right? So that what is conceived in you is, will be the, the Son of God. In fact, 
your older relative, Elizabeth, who was said to be without, well, not, unable to have children, is in her sixth month. And Mary goes, may your word to me be fulfilled. It's rather amazing, isn't it? Mary's response. I mean, I I can imagine that not all of her questions had been answered in that short conversation she had with Gabriel. My guess is there were questions pounding around in her head, and those questions would only probably multiply in the days ahead as she just contemplated all that had just been shared with her, and yet her response wasn't no or anything else. It was simply, may it be to me as you have said. Her confidence that God was going to keep his word was rather amazing. And the angel backed it up, right? He said, no word of God has ever failed. And maybe Mary began to tick in her mind through all of the Bible stories, all the things that she had learned as a child, right? Stories of Adam and Eve and the promise God gave to them. Perhaps she thought of of Noah and the the promises God had given to Noah. She thought of the promises God had given to, to, to Abraham and Sarah and thought of maybe Zechariah and Elizabeth as well since, boy, they were all old when they started having kids. Perhaps she thought of Moses and David like we heard in our first lesson and Isaiah And the promises God had given to his people years and years and years ago, promises that had been repeated and expanded, promises that became more precise, promises that all echoed a Savior was coming. And now the angel Gabriel comes to her and says, no word from our God will ever fail. In fact, You, through you, God is going to keep his word that he has given to his people for thousands of years. Mary could have every confidence that God was going to keep his word. After all, he had a track record. A track record that was unmatched up to this point and and after this was going to continue to remain unmatched. Because no word of God will ever fail. Same promise is true for you and me, isn't it? That no word from God will ever fail. And and maybe you can begin to tick off in your own mind some of those promises that God has given to us whether it's a a good day or a bad day, whether you're you're going through a high point in life or, or one of those dark days, you have those promises from God. And God tells us, no word of God will ever fail. Which means as believers, doubt over the promises God has given to us should never enter our hearts. When has God ever failed to keep his promises? And my guess is, 
like me, you've doubted. My guess is there have been those moments in life where you weren't sure. And there were questions as to whether you thought God was going to keep his promises. And, and maybe intellectually in your mind, you had in your head, yes, I know this promise from God and I know he's going to keep it. And at the same time, the emotions that were running through your heart said there's no way God can do this. Or I don't see how God is going to be able to do this. Maybe it was as you looked at your situation, you got a little upset with God because... Well, evidently, God's timeline didn't match up with yours. And you were upset and, and wondering about God's promises because, well, he didn't do it when you thought he should. Or maybe what God brought into your life didn't match up with what you thought God should do. And so you were left wondering, well, I, I thought he would do this. Or you might ask the question, I wonder why God did this or why he didn't do this. you end up getting to the point where you have to struggle with the fact that what I thought was best may not be what God said is best. In fact, you begin to look at all those different reasons and all those different emotions and thoughts that run through our head when things don't go our way and doubt creeps into our hearts and minds. And what do they all tend to revolve around? Me. Right? God's timeline doesn't match up with me. Well, why hasn't he done it this way? The way I, I thought it should be done. What, God didn't do what I thought he should do? Well, now I get upset and I'm, I'm curious and, and maybe not even curious. I'm, I'm scared about what the future might bring because I see the way that I think is best. Oftentimes what our doubts, doubts reveal about us is that our doubts are, far, are a lot more self-centered than God-centered. In other words, it's not as though we, don't, we doubt God's promises and his abilities to keep them. Rather, our doubts are a reflection about what's going on in our own hearts and how self-centered they are. And how would we expect God to respond to doubts that are self-centered, to sinners like you and me, whose doubts tend to focus more on ourselves than on the confidence that we know God will keep his word? Well, we, we would we could expect that God could act like you should towards any sinner, right? That God would simply just turn away? That he could throw up his hands and say, how many chances do you want me to give you? How many times do you want me to listen to your grumbling and complaining? How many times do I have to listen to your lack of doubt about the words that I've given to you? How many times? And instead... The way our God chooses to respond is faithfulness. He responds to our doubts by being faithful. 
and keeping his word as he has well, for thousands of years. Right then, and perhaps it's no more clearly seen than in, age, in Gabriel's words to Mary. Mary, you're going to have a child, and that child's going to be special. It's going to be God, who is going to take on human flesh so that it could be under God's law, just like you are, Mary, just like you and I are. That the same expectations of perfection that God has for you and me, God had for Jesus, except because he was also true God, Jesus was able to meet those expectations. He was able to, to be perfect in our place. And Gabriel tells Mary, Mary, this child you're going to have, you're going to name him Jesus. What's neat is when the angel appears to Joseph, he tells Joseph the same thing. Joseph, name the child Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It's what Jesus, a form of the word, the name Joshua means. The Lord saves. In other words, that, that child that Mary was going to have was going to be special in that not only was he perfect, but he was going to offer that perfect life as a sacrifice for all sin. He was going to die. And the blood of God was going to be poured out on a cross to cover all of your doubts, to forgive all of your sins, to wash away all of your guilt, so that you could be absolutely certain that not only is your sin forgiven, but that God keeps his word. He's faithful to his promises. And the more we hear that, and the more we have in our mind that God, no word of God will ever fail, think about how that affects all the different emotions and all the different situations and circumstances you find yourself in. I'm afraid. I'm fearful about what the future holds or what's going on in my life. And then you read the word of the psalmist, God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And I remember that no word of God will ever fail. God keeps his promises. He's faithful. I, I find myself lonely and I hear in my ear the words of my Savior, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I know the same God who spoke that into my ear is the same God who says no word of mine will ever fail So because, because I'm faithful. It means when I see my world crashing in around me and I look around and it appears as though not only do I not understand what's going on but that God has completely left me on my own. I hear my God say to me, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll never abandon you. And I know that no word of my God will ever fail. 
Now, perhaps we can ask the same question as Mary. Well, how in the world is this going to be? How will this be? Right? I can look at, at all the different situations and circumstances in my life and go, I am not sure how God is going to keep his promise in this particular place and in this particular time. Mary didn't understand it all either. And yet with a simple trust and faith in the promises of God, she responded, May your word to me be fulfilled. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know how it's all going to work. But I don't have to. Because you're God. And I know you're faithful. And no word of yours will ever fail. So, keep your word. And man, what confidence that brings to a a believer's heart, huh? The confidence of knowing no matter where I am or what situation I find myself, I can confidently pray to my God, keep your word and know that he will. Because God is faithful. And no word of God has ever failed. Amen. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, will guard and will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.